The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie and the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 33 The Son of the Reaper Penelope sat across from Ajax in the dining car of the military train weaving its way southwest to Arizona. There was no direct route, but if they got on a train here and they took a carriage there to another train, they could find their way south faster than just going the entire way by carriage. Excuse me, do you have any tea? Penelope asked the waiter. I'm sorry, miss. We only have coffee. Oh, that's okay. Coffee will do. Ajax, do you want anything? I'll take the steak and a whiskey. Keep the potatoes. You don't want your potatoes? Put the potatoes on a different plate. I'll take them. Penelope instructed the waiter. He made a note in his pad and then turned back to the kitchen car. Penelope took out her tarot cards and using the table, she began once again to lay out the complicated pattern. I don't think you're taking this seriously, said Ajax. I can assure you, I take everything I do very seriously. Penelope pulled a card from the tarot deck. It was the Ace of Swords. She set it on her pattern. I don't think it's wise to listen to the advice of a girl who uses superstition and hokum to try to fake divinations. You're not in charge. And as far as people who aren't taking things seriously, why did you only bring three men with you? That means there are four of you, and I'm certainly not going to help if you get into any sort of firefight. The man we're looking for killed 30 men when he escaped, and you brought three to take him back. It doesn't matter how much I can divine of the future if those people who are supposed to act upon my information are incompetent. We don't need any of those men. We won't need three. We won't need 30. I could bring this man in on my own. I've earned my rank by proving my skill. I can outshoot, outdraw any man in this army, and I did that through my own achievement. I didn't get my position by being a fast-talking charlatan. Ajax pulled his service revolver from his hip and set it on the table. This is all I need to bring in the Reaper, if he is where you say he is. We have yet to see if any of your lies or guesses bring any results. I have been ordered to go on this goose hunt with you, but I'm not going to empty the fort of my entire unit to chase down a phantom. Is that clear? Penelope pulled another card from her deck. It was the Ace of Wands. She sat it on top of the Ace of Swords. It seems like we've got off on the wrong foot, and maybe that's my fault. Let's start over. Hi, my name is Lucy. What's your name? Life is not a game. You don't get do-overs. Of course life is a game. Everything is a game. Once you've realized that, then you can learn to play it properly. Penelope collected the cards. She put them back in her hand and shuffled them. Would you like me to read your future? Just touch the deck and we can begin. Ajax reached out, took the deck from her hand, and threw it out the window. One card flew back into the cabin and landed face down on the table. You're an ass. I'm not going to be able to get another deck until we get back east. Who cares what you believe or don't believe? They've helped me connect to the divine, and I have been using that connection to help you. This gun is all the god I need. 
answered Ajax. Penelope reached out and flipped over the card that had been blown back through the window. It was the fool. I don't think I need to tell you what that means. Penelope got up from the table and set her napkin down. I'm going back to my cabin. Enjoy your steak, Captain. They got off the train in Phoenix, unloaded their horses, and rode the rest of the way to Tombstone. Penelope had been an accomplished equestrian when she was younger and found riding side saddle easy, although she didn't necessarily like it as much as she liked riding in the carriage. She considered letting them go ahead of her and catching up with them next time a stagecoach came through, but somehow she felt she needed to be there with them. Tombstone was hot and dusty. The city itself somehow seemed dark, even in the middle of the day. Penelope thought perhaps it was just her bad mood. The city called Tombstone and the feeling of dread and death. She didn't like the way the people looked at them as they rode into town. It would have probably been better for them to have come to town without their uniforms. But getting Ajax to take any of her advice at this point was beyond her skill, and she couldn't lie to herself about that. The man was too stubborn. When they had made it to the livery stable, it was Hector who first took their horses from them. He found them stalls and began to feed and brush them. He smiled as the horses took their food and water, but when he looked at Ajax, there was no joy in his stare. Boy, where's the sheriff's office? Ajax demanded of Hector. Hector just looked at him, fists clenched. Sheriff's office, Ajax said slower and louder. He doesn't speak English, said the owner of the stables. Edgar, go find Luke, the stable owner commanded, pointing out towards the street. Hector put down his brush and ran from the stables. You want the sheriff, you better follow him. Lieutenant, follow him. Ajax ordered one of his men. The man took off after Hector. Are you coming? Ajax asked Penelope. I wouldn't miss this for the world. They began walking down the street towards the man who had run after Hector. Captain, I know you don't seem to think my advice is worth anything, but why don't you let me handle this conversation? Getting the sheriff to tell us where Jonathan Perdue is may take a little more finesse than a battering ram is capable of. What we need is information, and that's my job. I thought I made it clear. I don't need your help, and I don't need your shenanigans. Stay back and keep your mouth shut. Soon, we will see if any of your nonsense has been worth it. Ajax began to walk quicker, leaving Penelope slightly behind him. She fell into step as the man who had run off to find Hector returned breathing heavy. It's this way. Hector burst into the sheriff's office, pointing out the door towards the street. Eurysity bent down, brushing some of the dirt off of him. He asked, What's wrong, kid? Hector didn't answer. He just looked panicked. Eurysity looked up and saw the cavalry officer making notes of the sheriff's office and ran back in the other direction. I get it. Thanks, kid. Go home. Go find Dad and stay there. Hector looked at him slightly confused. Dad! Eurysity pointed out the door. Hector nodded and ran off. Eurysity grabbed his pistols, checking that they were all loaded. He slipped them into his holsters. He took the single-action army pistol and a few cleaning tools from his desk. He stepped out of the door and closed it behind him, locking it. He leaned against the hitching post and pretended to be cleaning the fully loaded gun. Ajax almost ignored him as he walked up to the door. Where do you think you're going? Asked Eurysity as Ajax hit the front step. I've come to see the sheriff. I am the sheriff. 
Euricity flashed his badge. Ajax looked him over. He's young, thought Ajax. They must have run out of experienced men, and now they're letting kids take the job. How old are you? Old enough. How old are you? Do you know Jonathan Perdue? Does he live in this town? Yep, said Euricity. Ajax turned and looked at Penelope. She smiled at him. Now do you believe me? asked Penelope. He turned his attention back to Euricity. Well, we'd like your help bringing him in. If you can lead us to him, we'll take care of the rest. Nope. The man is a fugitive from justice, and I would appreciate your cooperation, but we can take him in without you. I don't think you will. He is wanted by the U.S. Cavalry, and you cannot stand against us. That's just it. This is Arizona. He hasn't committed a crime here, and if you've come here to do him harm, then you have a problem with me. Euricides set the cleaning cloth down, held the gun at his side. People began to stop in the street to watch. The man is dangerous. He's already murdered 30 men. We are going to take him in. I suggest you stand down. Jonathan Perdue was once a commander in the Confederate Army. He killed lots of people, but he's not guilty of the crime you've come here to charge him with. Do you know what he did? I know what he did. He deserted the army. He tried to leave the war behind, but the men in that fort wouldn't let him. They were going to execute him without a trial, without purpose or reason, just because he had once been a Confederate soldier. But that was war. Funny thing about war. We don't consider it murder when a soldier shoots another soldier. Somehow we forget, somewhere deep in that Bible we all carry, it says, Thou shalt not kill. But a soldier? That doesn't seem to count. I don't think a man can be charged with murdering men who were going to execute him without cause, even if there was 30 of them. But that's not for a sheriff like me to discern. If you want to try Jonathan Perdue in a court of law, I will call for a judge, and we'll have that trial here. Although, you're not likely to win, because he didn't kill those men. How could you possibly know that? Asked Ajax. Luke made sure the crowd was watching. He wanted witnesses. He wanted them to see the captain draw first. Then he said in a voice just loud enough so that it could not be heard by the crowd. Because I killed them. Ajax drew his pistol, and he was fast, perhaps the fastest draw that Eurycity had ever seen. But it didn't matter, because Eurycity didn't need to draw. Eurycity already had his gun out. He shot Ajax in the chest, then shot the other three men in secession. It happened so fast, four shots for four men. He shot Ajax one more time just to be sure. Then he pointed the gun at Penelope. Penelope stood frozen, the barrel of the gun an inch from her face. Eurycity watched her carefully. You're not going to shoot a woman, are you? asked Penelope. I will if I need to. Do I need to? I don't have a gun. I'm not cavalry. I'm a Pinkerton detective. It was me who hunted you down. I'm assuming you're the Reaper? Penelope said carefully, making sure not to move. The Reaper? Is that because of how I killed the captain? That guy was an asshole. It must be a prerequisite for the job. Well, it looks like we need to talk. Let's go inside. Eurycity gestured with the gun toward the sheriff's office. Penelope walked to the door. She opened it and stepped into the office. Euricity 
followed her in. As he passed the door, he remembered he'd locked it. Maybe it didn't latch, he thought to himself. He closed the door behind them and locked it again, double-checking that it was latched. With the gun at her back, he began patting her down, pressing his hand deep against the folds of her skirts and between her legs, looking for hidden weapons. Penelope stood still, staring at the ceiling, until Eurycity was satisfied that she wasn't hiding a gun. He went to his desk and sat down. Opening the chamber of his gun, he began to clear the spent rounds and reload it. I'm sorry about that, but I had to be sure. I don't know how many men have been killed by women they assumed were unarmed. I only know how many men I've killed because they underestimated me. Like your friend out there, just because I'm young, he didn't think I was a threat, standing there the whole time his gun in his holster, with my pistol pointing right at his heart. Foolish. Who are you? asked Penelope. As you said, I'm the Reaper. You're too young to be Jonathan Perdue, and no one else was in the fort that day. No, I was there. I'm sure the captain left my visit out of his logbook. Or maybe he just didn't have enough time to put it in. It's hard to do that when you're lying in your bed with a hand reaper sticking out of your heart. You were there? Yep. Why did you ambush the fort? I didn't ambush it. They invited me in, but they wouldn't let me leave. Once we were inside, there was no way out but through them. So I went through them. Do you know what they did in that fort? Do you know why that fort was there? It's all in the logbook. No, why? They made a treaty with the natives. They gave them a section land before they thought that that land was useful. Then, some over-bloated general decided he wanted it. But there was that pesky treaty. So, he decided to build a fort just on the border of their land. He loaded it up with soldiers and had them march around all day and night, always staying just on their side, waiting for the natives to bite, to take one shot, to give them one reason. But they wouldn't do it. So, their own captain set up an ambush for his own men. He led 15 of them into it, and when the fighting was done, there was only 30 men left of the 50-man unit. They killed 20 of their own men, then reported back that they had been ambushed by the natives. They reclassified them as hostile and charged through their land, burning down and killing everything in sight. Luke pulled some paper from his desk. Opening his inkwell, he took out a pen and began to write a note. What do they want the land for? The train. Luke finished his note and took his badge off, setting it up on top of the note on his desk. He grabbed his hat from the hook behind him. It's closing time. I'm going home for the day, but it was a pleasure meeting you. Eurycity held out his hand for Penelope. She took it and shook lightly. It was enlightening meeting you. My name is Lucy. What's yours? I'm Luke Perdue. You're Jonathan's son. Yep, said Eurycity as he opened the door for Penelope. She stepped outside and Hector ran up to him, jumping into his arms. Hey, kid. Eurycity messed his hair as he held him. You weren't supposed to come back. Are you worried about me? Hector just smiled. Is that your son? Yeah. Isn't he just adorable? Eurycity held out Hector, having picked him up from the armpits. Hector, this is Lucy. Shake. He commanded. Hector held out his hand. Penelope shook gently. Then Hector began to squirm. Eurycity set him down. Was his mother a native? She was. But she's gone now. 
Eurycity brushed his hand through Hector's hair. Penelope heard regret in Eurycity's words. He must have loved her. Was it her dress in the office? Was it really her who killed the captain? What had happened to her? Maybe his father wasn't the only reason he attacked the fort. Have you eaten? I'm sure my father will have supper on. You're welcome to join us. That would be lovely. Don't tell Dad what you do. I'll tell him about what happened in the morning. For tonight, let's just pretend we met in town and we're on a date. I can't wait to see his face. This is going to be really funny. All right. Penelope smiled. Okay, kid. Horses. Luke pointed to the stable. Hector ran out of sight. He then held out his arm. Penelope took it as they began to walk. But I don't understand the joke. Trust me, this is going to be really funny. Penelope enjoyed the night. Eurycity was funny and charming. His father was oddly surprised to meet her. Dad, we have company for dinner. Well, where are your manners? Introduce us. Dad, this is Lucy. Lucy, my father. It's a pleasure to meet you, sir. I've heard a lot about you. Come on in. Supper's ready. The commander seemed unfazed until Luke walked past him and he whispered, Damn it, boy. Did she have to be a Yankee? Eurycity just laughed. For Eurycity, the night was unexpected. He had never had a family not like this. His father had cooked and somehow managed not to burn any of it. Hector ran about the house, playing with small toys and random objects he'd found. Every once in a while, he would show up at the table and give a pebble to Penelope and run off again to find another. Neither Eurycity or Penelope understood what that was about, but they laughed as the collection of pebbles grew bigger and bigger. When the night grew late, Eurycity's father excused himself, picked up Hector sleeping in the chair, and went to bed, leaving the two of them alone for the night. It's too bad, thought Penelope. Persephone had told her Ulysses had nothing to do with this. But if Luke had been Ulysses, this was a man she could be happy with. Eurycity let Penelope sleep in his bed, and he slept in the chair near the hearth in the kitchen where it was warm. In the morning, they said their goodbyes. What are you going to do now? asked Eurycity. I have to go back and report what I know. What about you? What are you going to do? asked Penelope. Eurycity felt the gun at his side. I'm a hunter. That's all I know how to do. They say that bears almost never attack people. But if they do, they become monsters. They will devour and kill anyone they find. When that happens, the only thing that can be done is to send a hunter. Somewhere out there, there is a monster. A man who saw an entire nation like a field that needed to be plowed under. I am the hunter. I am going to kill that monster. Penelope kissed him on the cheek. Good hunting, Luke. And to you, Lucy, said Luke as she mounted her horse. She rode back to town. That was the reaper, she thought. That man had killed 30 cavalry officers by himself. He had killed four just yesterday. He was the deadliest and most wanted criminal in the entire country. But she liked him. When she got back to town, she went back to the sheriff's office. It was locked, and there was no one there. She slipped the key from her cuff, opened the door, and stepped into the office. She went into the office, picked up the badge, and read the note under it. She knew he wouldn't be there, 
should she return for him. On the note, there were only three words. I quit. Luke. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Lee. Artwork by Helen Lee. Performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead. Except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at helenoftheironhorse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you. Thank you.